there is power in what we say. Conversely, kind, encouraging, soft-spoken, loving words will totally change the atmosphere into one of blessing and of peace. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Every home has an atmosphere that is either good and beneficial or negative and depleting. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing a new series I'm calling Family Matters. You know, we all know that atmosphere means when you're talking about the atmosphere of a restaurant or of a doctor's office or a business or, yes, a home. The atmosphere of a place can be upbeat and happy, encouraging and uplifting, or it can be negative, solemn, or even toxic. God desires that the atmosphere that pervades a Christian's home be edifying, positive, encouraging, and joyous. And the good news is, the Bible tells us how to establish this kind of atmosphere. So let's go straight to the second message in our Family Matters series and see what God has to say about your home's atmosphere. Now today I'm going to talk to you about the home. Most of you came from one today. So I want to put a verse up here. As a matter of fact, four verses. You're not going to believe what David the psalmist had to say about the home. We tend to think of David as, you know, the one who writes about praising God and warfare and that kind of thing. But David talked about the home. And I want to talk to you about your home's atmosphere today, your home's atmosphere. And so let's look at Psalms 101, starting at verse 1. David says, I will sing about your loving kindness and your justice, Lord. I will sing your praises. Verse 2, I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, especially where, everybody? In my own home, where I long to act as I should. Catch David's heart here. He said, I long to glorify God in my home. Now look at verse 3. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. Verse 4, I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. And all those verses we just read are within the context of the home. I want you to notice how David's focus was on his home. Do you hear his heart here? Catch David's heart. It mattered to him how he behaved behind the four walls of his own home. It mattered to him. He wanted the atmosphere of his home to be godly, to be peaceful, to be Christ-honoring, to be pleasing to the Lord, because clearly in these verses, he's turning his heart towards the home. He's praying over his home, not just his kingdom, but his home. Now, we see his resolve, and his resolve covered four areas. Watch this. His eyes. He said, I won't look at anything vile or vulgar in my home. His relationships. I will not entertain crooked people in my home. Did you catch that? His heart. I will walk in the integrity 
of my heart in the home and his mind. He said, I reject perverse ideas. I'm not going to dwell on perverse, ungodly ideas in my home. So he covered his heart, his mind, his eyes, his relationships, all of those things he was concerned about within the framework and the context of his home. Now, you may be single today, but you've still got a home. Whether or not you're married with kids or you're just married and no kids or you're single, you still have a home and there's still an atmosphere in your home. Now, Matthew Henry, the great Bible commentator who I love best, I read him all the time. Matthew Henry wrote, whenever a man has a house of his own, let him seek to have God to dwell with him. I'm going to read that again. Whenever a man has a house of his own, let him seek to have God to dwell with him. And those who do so may expect his presence. So he said, if you've got a home, you ought to aim for God dwelling with you in your home. God being there in your home. God being a part of your home. God being a welcome guest in your home. Now, with that in mind, I want to talk to you about that little thing called atmosphere. There's an atmosphere here today. It's an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere of glorifying Christ. We're not spiritually dead. We're not God's frozen chosen. We are the living, breathing, on fire saints of God. There is life here. There is an atmosphere here. And one of the reasons you come to church, believe me, one of the reasons you choose a church is based on the atmosphere you felt when you visited. Every place people dwell, there is an atmosphere. In every nation, every city, every workplace, every home possesses an atmosphere that permeates that place because people live there. There's an atmosphere at your workplace. Some of you have to plead the blood, bind the devil, fast a day just to make it to your workplace because it's so oppressive. It's difficult. There's an atmosphere. But there's an atmosphere everywhere. There's an atmosphere in your home. Now, the dictionary defines atmosphere as this, the pervading tone or mood of a place. Atmosphere is the pervading tone or mood of a place. What do you feel when you walk into somebody's home? What do you feel when you walk into a church? It's the pervading atmosphere or the mood of that place. We say, for instance, that that hotel is famous for its friendly, welcoming atmosphere. We say that kind of thing. Or how about this? The terror crisis in Manchester, London has further compounded the prevailing atmosphere of gloom. If you were to go to Manchester right now in England, you would feel an atmosphere of gloom because of what's happened there. Everything has an atmosphere. Your home has an atmosphere. And our focus is on the atmosphere of the home because, listen, God has a plan for your home. I shared with you last week that God's plan was a man would leave his father and his mother and would cleave to his wife. And the two would become one flesh. And once they become one flesh, God said, now be fruitful and multiply and cover the earth. So God's plan was for a man and a woman to come together. And once that marital union has taken place, that children would come forth from that. Because God had a plan for the family. That via the family, the whole earth would be influenced for righteousness because homes sent into the culture children raised in godliness. That's God's plan. God had a plan. 
God's got a plan for your home. He's got a purpose for your home. He's got a design and a destiny for your home. Now, God's desire for our home in light of all that, believe me when I tell you, is that it would be a place of blessing, a place of his presence, a place of joy, that the atmosphere would be peaceful, that the atmosphere would feel like the Holy Spirit is present. As a matter of fact, what we experience in church today, let me give you a revelation. You can experience that at home. So no, no, at home, Jeff, we're not spiritual. We're just ourselves. We come to church to be spiritual. Hey, do you realize that if this was happening, what we did today was happening in your home, you would come to church and it would spill over into church and we wouldn't need to sing three songs to get into the spirit. We'd already be in the spirit and the spirit would be flowing out of what happened in our home all week long. Every home has an atmosphere. A home can have an angry atmosphere, a tense atmosphere. You walk in, you just feel the tension. A sad or a happy atmosphere permeates homes, an oppressive atmosphere. You can even walk into some homes and there's a toxic atmosphere. It's toxic with anger and bitterness and arguing and tension and oppression. I've got news for you that Jesus Christ hung on the cross to bring a blessing into your home. See, the fall of Adam and Eve brought a curse on the home, but the death and resurrection of Christ released the blessing of God on the home because Abraham was told through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, families... The families that God said would be blessed through Abraham, God had in mind that through the Abrahamic lineage, Jesus would come. And through Jesus, all the families, all the homes of the earth would be blessed. It's the will of God that your home is blessed. That it not have that heavy, angry, tense atmosphere in it, but one of joy, one of peace, one of encouragement, one of godliness. That's God's plan for the home. He wants to bless your home. Can you say with me today, he wants to bless my home. Now turn to your neighbor and preach a little bit and tell them, God wants to bless your home. Seriously, he really does. Consider this, Jesus one day told his disciples that when they visited a home, because he sent the disciples not only to public forums, but to the homes of people. And he told his disciples that when they visited a home, he said, if the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace from it. So according to Jesus Christ, that the home that received him and his words would experience an atmosphere of peace, but the home that rejected him would lose that same peace. So Jesus understood the power of, of atmosphere in a home. He said, I want you to have peace. And if you receive me and my words, it will bring a peaceful atmosphere to your home. But if you reject me, you open the door for the enemy to attack your home and you lose peace. I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want the peace of God, the blessing of God, the presence of God, the joy of the Lord to be in my home. Now, what a lot of Christians don't understand is that getting saved is just the beginning of changing the atmosphere of your home. Once we're saved, we must learn to practice those things that bring a peaceful, godly atmosphere into our home. 
You can be as saved as the day is long, but if you don't know how to bring the atmosphere of God into your home, then you're going to miss something because there is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding regarding bringing the peace and the atmosphere of God into your home. We know, for instance, from the teaching of Jesus, that Satan looks for empty places to occupy. Now, listen carefully to this. I'm going to show you truth about spiritual warfare. Watch this. Jesus said, this evil nation, talking about Israel, is like a man possessed by a demon. For if the demon leaves, it goes into the deserts for a while, seeking rest, but finding none. Then the demon says, I will return to the man I came from. So it returns and finds the man's heart. Now watch the condition of the heart. Look at it. Everybody say clean, but empty. Now notice the house had been cleaned just like somebody forgiven of sin has been cleansed by the blood. But Jesus also points out that the house now is empty. And look what happens. Then the demon finds seven other spirits more evil than itself and all enter the man and live in him. And so he is worse off than before. Now, the man in Jesus' story has been delivered and he's been cleansed, but he has not filled the emptiness with something else. And in this case, it's God. He has been cleansed, but he has not practiced the presence of God. Now, here's how this applies. Let me bring it right down to you. Let's just say you lay down a drug habit. You say, God's told me clearly I'm to get rid of drugs, drugs out of my life. As soon as you're saved, God says, get rid of that. That's what you're repenting of. That's one of the things. So you lay down a habit of drugs. But then, folks, we need to pick up a new habit of Bible study and prayer to fill the vacuum. Come on. You can't just leave something and stand there empty. Here's another example. If you walk away from old destructive relationships then God's going to lead you to replace them with new godly relationships. See, here's the thing about God. Our God never calls us out of something, but what he's got something to call us into. He calls us out to call us in. Everybody say he called me out to call me in. He never calls you out of a thing, but what he's got something in mind for you to take you into. He called Israel out of Egypt so he could carry them into the promised land. He said, I'm going to take you out so that I can take you in. I'm going to take you out of a curse and bring you into a blessing. I'm going to take you out of death and bring you into life. I'm going to take you out of hell and I'm going to bring you into heaven. I'm going to take you out of blind and I'm going to bring you into sight. The Bible says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we lay down our sin so that we can pick up a brand new lifestyle of pursuing God. Now, here's my point. He never calls us out of something or asks us to lay something down to leave us standing there empty. That's what the mistake that man made. He was cleansed, but he did not practice the presence of God and the enemy got a foothold in his life. So in Jesus' story, Satan swooped in to capitalize on the emptiness of the house, though it was clean. Now here's the lesson for us when it has to do with our home. Once we're saved, we must learn how to ongoingly fill our hearts and lives with the word and the worship and fellowship and good works 
lest Satan take advantage of the emptiness with fresh temptations. That's why it says to the believer, you ought to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. It says, be being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that we are to graze every day in the Word of God. We are not to allow an empty vacuum to remain in our life, but fill ourselves. And not only ourselves, but our home. Our homes are exactly the same way. They may be filled with saved people, but we've got to learn how to practice the presence of God in our homes. Let Satan come and steal the peace away and attack us. And listen, let me talk to you about spiritual warfare. You think the enemy is not trying to change the atmosphere of your home? Because he knows that atmosphere matters. He knows if it's a draining, trying, vexing atmosphere, you're going to walk out of your house every day limping, dragging, beat down, depressed, discouraged. He also knows that if it is a joyful, loving, happy God-filled home, you're going to walk out ready to take on the world and the devil all at once because the atmosphere of your home matters. A survey was taken of 286 students in a Christian high school, and this is what the survey revealed. 45% of 286 students, as good as half, said that they have experienced a presence seen or heard in their room that scared them. Now, I'm not sharing these things with you to freak you out. I want you to see that the enemy is out to change the atmosphere of your home. And sometimes you got to stand up and chase him out. Sometimes you got to stand up in the middle of your living room and say, that's it, and put your foot down and worship God until the spirit falls and the enemy is driven out. So a presence in their room that scared them. 59% said they harbored bad thoughts about God. 43% said they find it mentally hard to pray and read their Bible in their own home. 69% reported hearing voices in their head, like there was a subconscious voice talking to them. 22% said they frequently entertain thoughts of suicide. This is teenagers in Christian homes whose parents have paid good money to put them in a Christian school, but this is the atmosphere they're encountering at home. This is the enemy attacking the atmosphere of their home. So when God created the home, he created it to be a place of encouragement, edification, and joy, a place we look forward to returning to at the end of a hard day, a refuge from the storms of life, is what our home should be, a filling station where our spirits are refueled with strength and hope. They are to be places of joy. They are to be places of encouragement and edification and exhortation and comfort, not discouragement and not being beat down, but a place where Jesus is ministering to the members of that household through each other. Now, if ever there were Bible verses that tell us how to change the atmosphere. Now, I want to know, how many of you would like to change the atmosphere of your home? Even if it's a good atmosphere, how many of you can say, I know it can be better? Come on. Come on. You say, well, I don't know, Jeff, I'm single. Well, you need Jesus there if you're single too. So you might as well raise your hand. Now, if ever there were Bible verses about changing the atmosphere of your home, they are in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Now, Paul wrote these at the church, but they are right for the home. So I'm going to deal with three things that will change the atmosphere of your home. How many of you are ready for that? Let me deal with them. 
First of all, we're going to see in Ephesians 4, 29, watch your words. Listen to verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good, helpful, and edifying so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. He's dealing with the words. Now, Paul is meddling, and I'm going to tell you right up front, I've said wrong things many times in the home. I'm not pointing a finger at you saying you need to get it together because I've got it all together and have had for many years. No, no, no. I've messed up with my words and so have you. Remember, James said, if you're perfect with your words, you're a perfect man. And I don't think there's one perfect man or one perfect woman in this room. So let's just allow the word to talk to us today without feeling like, you know, we're being beat on or anything, because that's not what it's for. I'm going to encourage you with this, and I'm going to give you some wisdom with this. And it has spoken to me as well. Nothing sets the atmosphere of a home like the words we speak and the tone we speak them in. Because you ever notice you can say the right thing with the wrong tone? Matter of fact, some of you are pros at saying the right thing with the wrong tone. How you doing today, honey? Fine. Oh, I'm just doing fine. I love you, honey. Ah, I love you too. Tone. Do you know that attitude shows through tone more than any other thing? You can say the right thing the wrong way. But here's the deal. If critical, harsh, angry words are being spoken in the home all the time, it creates an atmosphere. It creates an atmosphere of sorrow, of tension, and of resentment and discouragement because, because your words set the atmosphere of the home. Now, I know this stings a little bit, but we need to hear this because there is power in what we say. Conversely, kind, encouraging, soft-spoken, loving words will totally change the atmosphere into one of blessing and of peace. There's nothing more powerful in the home than the words that are spoken Well, if you've ever been in a home situation where the atmosphere was negative, draining, and maybe even toxic, you know how important it is to establish a godly atmosphere in your home. I hope today's message has helped encourage you to take the steps we've covered in order to establish a positive, joyful, and encouraging atmosphere in your home. And let me encourage you today to take advantage of the many resources available on the Life Talk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. There you're going to discover a large archive of former Life Talk messages that are still changing lives today. And you can also learn how to help us financially take God's Word to America via the Life Talk Radio broadcast. And be sure to join me next time for part two of the message, Your Home's Atmosphere. Until then, I really do pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. 
TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Your home's atmosphere is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Family Matters. You can own a copy of this three-CD set for just $15 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Family Matters, for only $15 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.